What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo with Trust in Jesus Ministries, man. I'm hoping you guys are growing in your trust for him and understanding his character, who he is, his attributes, and uh, his trustworthiness, because he is definitely most trustworthy. I wouldn't have named this thing Trust in Jesus Ministries if it wasn't. But anyway, yeah, we're on uh, Genesis, and we are in chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. We are... Uh, just got finished with this long discussion. I know it was pretty long, but it was on um, just these these this difficult, weird, and crazy, incredible passage. But now we're going to see the effects of that and also on man during this time right before the flood. So yeah, if you haven't read Genesis 6, 5 through 8, go ahead and stop the tape, check it out, see what it has to say. Come back and we'll answer the four questions. And if you've already read them, then let's go ahead and see what it has to say. It says that uh, God saw that um, just evil was increased upon the land, that everything, the imaginations, all the intents of the heart of man was only for evil all day. And it said that God was grieved for making man. He said he was sad that he made man and it hurt his heart. Mm. And he said that uh, he's going to destroy man who he made from the face of the earth. He says, from man to beast to creepy crawling things to the birds of the air. He says, because he was just, you know, grieved, repentant that he even made man. But it says that he found favor with Noah. He found favor with Noah. So what is the author trying to say here? <clears throat> it says that um, we talked last time, I think, about the increase of man upon the earth. And we were doing what God had called us to do. He's instituted us to uh, um, fill the earth, multiply it, and, and, and subdue it. And we were doing that. But because of the effects of Adam, because of the sin that Adam did, we saw sin was increasing. We saw sin in the, the line of Cain and how sin was multiplying and, and, and increasing. But then we also found that sin was actually happening in the line of Seth, too. That just because they were calling upon the name of the Lord did not mean that they were fully and following completely and wholly. It's the increase of man, the increase of sin. And that's what we find here is that in man there's sin. We, we read last time as well that it said that uh, man is but flesh. And so with that idea is that he is, um, the idea of flesh is that he is, is weak and, and uh, vulnerable and broken. Flesh itself is not that way because we saw this is that they were one flesh, Adam and Eve, and that was before the fall. But afterwards, the continuation in Scripture just says that that flesh is just a, a, a burden, and in, in the sense that it is is difficult to overcome, and and so with flesh is weakness and sin, and and that's what happens, man. As man increases, as man grows, as as there becomes more people on the earth, sin increases. And that is also a connection to what we saw with the the, the angels and the line of Seth, the the, um, the kings or whatever it may be, that in their <clears throat> proliferation of the land, that they were increasing sin upon the land. And so God saw that that everything, man, this is the struggle here. It's like the intent, the, the imaginations, that's the word. So it's a play on words kind of that the author uses because he used the word uh, um, for to mold. And so as God molded the man after sin, the man molds nothing but evil in his mind. 
And so that's that's a that's got to be a very difficult thing for God because it says it grieved his heart, man. It grieved his heart so much so that he he decided it was mankind was through. It was over for him. But we always see that. Well, I'm sorry. First is that uh, the effects of man's sin upon the earth is is huge. We saw earlier after Adam's sin that God cursed the ground. But now, because of the the fullness of man's sin, not only does man um, get punished, but the beast of the field get punished. This is the cattle, the creepy crawling things, the flying things. Those things get punished as well because of the sins of man, because man is the um, is the ruler over it. He has authority over the land under the the um, rulage of, of God, and so be, because of Man's sin, a punishment falls upon man, but also upon animals. And I think this goes to show that uh, that we have responsibilities as as men. We have responsibilities. But further, <clears throat> I think what's important here is that we see that that God has a heart, uh, not a heart like ours, as in like a physical heart, but emotion, a seat of emotion, man. That that He cares deeply about creation. And it pains him to see us in the sin that we have encumbered ourselves with, that we have covered ourselves with, that we have just bathed ourselves in, for a lack of a better term. Is He is saddened and overcome with grief by this, so much so that he sees that sin must be taken care of. His creation, which he loved and, and formed with his hands, that's, that's why that word that he uses... Uh, uh, to, to, to that the, the 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 author uses to describe the imaginations of man, the machinations of man is that that he formed this world with his hands. He put who he, he put uh, and for what we say is who we are into our work, and to find out that work that he has done has now been corrupted by sin. It grieves the heart of God. It breaks the heart of God. But as he as eyes roam to and forth through the world, he sees one who is righteous and he finds favor with him. Because just like I said that the um, the punishment is just because of sin that falls upon the world, Noah was also in need of this. Not need, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, need is a, is a, is a term. But Noah was just to be punished as well because... He is still a sinner, regardless of walking in the goodness of God. But because he walks with God, we'll see that here in a little bit in our next episode. And the the word is is um, is like a, a term for a continuous or walking back and forth. The same word that was actually used of of um, of Enoch. It's not that he just walked, but it was a continuous back and forth walking intimacy that he had with God. And it says that Noah has the same thing. And so it says that he found favor with Noah. So in, in a place where he's about to destroy, God keeps himself a remnant. And Noah's that remnant, which is actually a uh, um, a commentary on the fact that his father, Lamech, said that uh, he hoped that Noah would be the one whom the um, the curse would be reversed. Now, the curse wasn't reversed, but... 
there was a promise that was made and it was made uh, to the world, but to Noah. And so Noah was actually a fulfillment of that, that hope that Lamech has and the same hope that we should have or that we know we have if we're in Christ and we should have if we're not because, man, it's Jesus, the, the Messiah, the God man. What is this saying about God, though? What is this uh, passage saying about God? Well, <clears throat> I think it's saying that he is a emotional and personal God. So oftentimes we have uh, these ideas of God's attributes and, and um, like his uh, who he is, his characteristics, like uh, what is God like? And, and one of those is oftentimes people say it's called impassibility, which means that he has no passions. He has no emotion. But that wouldn't be true because we see very from the very beginning. OK, if I, I really want let me let me back back a little bit. The actual idea of impassibility is not that he has no emotions, but that he cannot be pained by anything, that no one can cause him harm in any way, which is emotionally as well as physically. But I think that we find here that God has a heart in and unlike it's not like us as humans. It's different because he is God. But I think that the scripture continuously speaks about how he cares for his creation. That he is not without emotion, but that he does love and care for. I mean, that's the reason he, he gave his son. That's the reason that Christ came upon this earth to die, because he does have emotion, love. Now, that's an action as well, but it's an emotion. It's something that he feels towards us. And in this passage, we see that he feels, because of his love for us, he is so saddened by the sin that has corrupted us. And then even so, the punishment that he has to place upon mankind because of that sin. That is the emotion that we get when it says that God has, his, his heart has been broken, that his heart has been grieved. What do we see about man here? Is that, man, we have the capacity for great evil. Man, we see that uh, in these last couple of episodes, the, the evilness that runs rampant upon this world. And it runs rampant so much so it says that every inclination, every imagination, everything that we desire to build is nothing but evil. That's the, that's the heart that we have as human beings and the sin that's so corrupted us. We have a great capacity for evil. But on the flip side, we have a great capacity for good. It says that there was one who was found favor in the eyes of God, and that's Noah. It doesn't explicitly say it here, but we'll see it later. It says that he was upright among his contemporaries. And so we know that we also have a capacity for good as humans, a great capacity. How do we apply these things to our lives? Well, in a real practical sense, uh, after you get done listening to this, take a moment and, and see how are you living? How are you living? How does your life look? And if God looks down, would he find favor on you? Or are you living in such a way that he would say, man, I am grieved. My heart is broken by the actions that Paul is doing. By the actions of you who are contemplating these things is doing. Or would he find favor because he sees that your heart is towards him? And I appreciate you guys for listening. And uh, I'd love to see you back as we continue in our study in Genesis.